Welcome to the She Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Shanika, but for this forum, you can call me Neek or Sis. This is a show for women that discusses real life topics to let you know that you are not alone on this journey called life. And while we're taking this journey, I'm also encouraging you to embrace the concept of true sisterhood. Are you ready, sis? Let's go. Hey, sis. I hope all is well. It's been a little while since I last recorded a podcast, but hey, I'm here today. So today I want to talk to you about When Anxiety is Life Part 2. And for those of you that are familiar or you've listened to my podcast in the past, if you refer back to episode seven, I did a podcast with my husband and it was called When Anxiety is Life Part One. And in that podcast, him and I basically talked about his experience with anxiety, how it changed our family in ways that we did not think that it would. And also we talked about his road to recovery. But I'll be honest with you, one thing that I have not touched on is how that affected me personally. And I think it was because I really didn't want to face that situation again. And, you know, I really just wanted to press through like I was a strong individual, right? Because in my mind, I am. uh, The perception is that I'm a very strong individual. And in some cases, People think that I'm so strong that things don't affect me, but they really do. So today I just wanted to take some time to talk about how that entire situation affected me as a wife, as a mom, and as a friend to others. I'm not going to be long, but I do want to go over a few things that I had to realize when I finally decided to face what I was dealing with. So just to give you a little background, my husband has anxiety and a combination of things kind of put it over the edge when we first got in Texas a few years ago. And it was to the point where he had to have inpatient treatment for a while. We went back and forth with therapists and doctors just to try and figure out what was the right medication for him. And through all of this, I am suppressing how I feel because my main goal is to make sure that he is okay. So as we go down a few years and we're into 2020, and of course, you know, 2020's plans had plans, I have been dealing with the fact that that entire situation happened and I never really sought any help for it. So last year, it started to really take a toll on me mentally, physically, and emotionally because I had a lot of emotions bottled up inside of me. I had a lot of just thoughts about myself in this situation and him as a spouse and a dad and, you know, just making sure that our kids were okay. And how was I going to work through all of that? And not to mention there were some family decisions that kind of heightened um, the tension that we already had. And it just started building on top of what was already going on. So 
one day I had a breakdown. I'll be honest with you. I had a few breakdowns where I was just tired mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I'll be honest with you. I am so thankful because God placed the right people in my life. My leadership team at work, they were aware of some of the things that were going on and they made sure that, you know, they checked on me. They encouraged me to quote unquote, take a knee. And in the military, that means take a break. And I had a couple of friends that I was able to reach out to one girlfriend of mine or someone that I hold dear to my heart. She's not even in the country, but she is always there. Whether it's Facebook Messenger, via phone, she's always there. She's always being a light. She's always giving an encouraging word. And then I have a girlfriend who has known my spouse and I since before we got married, and she's always been there. And I just really appreciated them and others along the way who would give an encouraging word or who would pray for me or who would speak life into me and they didn't even know. And one day I was so frustrated and I just had a moment and my supervisor, she said, you know, I think you need to make your mental health appointments. And, you know, I I said, okay, but I wasn't really feeling it right because I'm like, okay, here we go. I've done this before for a different reason. And she said, no, you encouraged me to go. I think you need to do the same thing. So I did. I reached out to make an appointment. And if you know anything about the military medical system, um, sometimes they won't have appointments available until months out. And that's the situation that I ran into. And it was very frustrating because, you know, even when I would call another week to try and make an appointment, they still didn't have anything. So finally, I went to see my doctor and I had a moment and he was like, oh, yeah, we need to get you in as soon as possible. Even going through him, I still had to wait a while. So I ended up scheduling my appointment. I want to say it was like two months out. And when I finally made the appointment, I kept the appointment because I knew how serious this was. And I knew that I really needed to go. And not from a self-harm perspective or anything like that, but it was like I was caring so much and I was just so tired and it was just all bottling up that physically and emotionally it was starting to unravel. So I made my appointment, like I said, and I kept it. And I'll be honest with you all, that first appointment was a hot mess. I sat in that chair and cried and laughed and cried and laughed. And I'm thankful for the doctor that I received because he was the right fit for me. So we went through the first appointment and we talked about everything. And, you know, he's the type to give theories and examples. And I need that as a patient because it helps me process things better. So we made a plan to meet every other week. And I will tell you that it has helped tremendously. The exercises that he gave me, like he told me to get a journal and to just write my feelings out every time an emotion came up about what happened in 2017. And I did that. And I'll be honest with you, I have a girlfriend who even suggested that I get 
three different notebooks, the same one that's overseas, three different notebooks. And every time I had something, a feeling, a thought or whatever, write it down in that book. And I had been doing that too. So this helped a lot. And then, you know, I went through another appointment with him and then COVID-19 happens. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how is this going to work? How are we going to do our appointments? Are we meeting face-to-face? What are we doing? So I called the appointment line and they said, oh no, he's going to call you. We're going to do everything via phone. And it was such a relief because I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Am I going to be able to keep my sessions? What plan do they have? Because everything happens so fast. And we went through our first session via phone and it was just like he was there. And we went through the exercise and we did all of the talking and we figured out our plan of attack for the next meeting. And it was great. So I say that to say, don't change your routine if you are seeing a medical or mental health professional, just because we have to do things virtually, whether it is a video conference or a teleconference, I highly encourage you to keep your appointment, which rolls into the different steps that I want to talk about that I feel are going to help you. So now more than ever, it's important to make sure that we keep our scheduled appointments. We're going through a lot right now, and some of us, our anxiety is heightened. Some of us, our depression has gone up a little bit. And then there are some of us, we just need to be able to talk some of these things through just to make sure that we have a sounding board and to make sure that what we're seeing is real, to make sure that our experiences are real. And I'll be honest with you, there's nothing wrong with having a sounding board. That is what therapists are there for, to help us walk through or work through this journey called life and to make sure that we are in the right headspace. And I can be honest with you, had I not had those appointments or kept those previous appointments or took the suggestions of friends and my supervisor, I really don't know how I would have been able to handle this, especially because the majority of us are confined within our homes with our spouses, with our children, or with significant others or family members. And had I not addressed some of the issues that I had with my spouse or some of the concerns that I had with me through these therapy sessions, I don't know how this would have worked out. And I'm just being honest. The second thing is to make sure you do the work. So when your therapist gives you an assignment or an exercise, Keep in mind that it's going to help you discuss what is going on in an effort to assist you in going forward. Set aside time to do the work. And this is important because we set aside time to watch a TV show. We set aside time to call a friend. We set aside time to work out. We should be giving our therapy exercises that same energy, right? Because it's important. It's helping us. It's not helping our therapist. The therapy is for us. It's for us to work through any concerns and 
issues that we have. And if we don't put in the work or do the work, we're only cheating ourselves. And the goal is to work through the concerns and not backwards. And I truly feel like they give us these assignments to help us go to the next level. Because if we didn't want to get out of this headspace that we were in, we wouldn't have contacted them. Let's take a quick break in the first place. The third thing is be honest. Being honest, I know, sis, it can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable for us because it puts us in a vulnerable state. Or maybe we don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings, right? Or being honest, you know, holds us accountable. And once we're honest with ourselves, there's no going back, right? It's like that once you know better, you do better. It's like once you're honest with yourself and you put everything out there on the table, you have no choice but to look at what is on the table and then figure out your plan of attack to address whatever it is that you had to lay out. So be honest, sis. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your therapist. If your therapist is not working for you, if you need someone else, be honest with your therapist and say, hey, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your effort. But unfortunately, I don't think that this therapy patient relationship is working. And then adjust to another therapist. But we have to be honest with ourselves, with those around us, and the work that we're putting in. The fourth thing, we have to take time to process the information. And what I mean by that is take time to truly process what is said or what happens in your sessions. Um, This is important so that we can truly understand where we were, where we are currently, and where we're headed. And it's important to know and to see your progress because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. We're like, oh, I'm going to this therapy session again. I really don't even know if this is even working. But if you're putting in the work and you're looking at your notes and your exercises and then also how you're responding to certain things, then you're able to see whether or not you're processing the information or if therapy or this type of therapy is working for you. So I really want to reiterate the fact that we have to process the information. It's not something that we can just glaze over. It's not something that we can just, oh yeah, let me just go ahead and check the box. You have to truly process the information because if you don't and you find yourself back in a situation or maybe there's a certain thing that triggers you, you don't know how that is going to impact you and the work that you've already put in. So yes, sis, we need to make sure that we're processing this information that we're getting. And once we've done all of those things and we have decided that this is working for us, before you hang up that phone, if you can, and I know that I have the ability availability to do that because they ask us, reschedule your next appointment. At the end of your session, schedule your next appointment. Why? Because this is going to keep you accountable. And more than likely, you're going to keep that appointment. Once you have the date, add it to your personal calendar, your work calendar, and if necessary, your family calendar. And then that way, you don't have an excuse as to why you can't make that next appointment. Now I get it, sis. Things come up, there are family emergencies, 
I won't ever say that there's a work emergency because I feel as though if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of what you need to do at work. But I highly recommend that you put it on your calendar. Just like you make time to do brunch, just like you make time to do video chats or to work on your side hustle or to work on your business or to work on yourself or read a book or a magazine or book that flight, you also need to make sure that you are putting your appointment on your calendar. And then the last thing I want to say is that we need to learn to celebrate all wins. We need to learn to celebrate the fact that we have taken this step to take care of ourselves. We have taken this step to assist a friend in taking care of themselves or a family member. We need to celebrate when we are accountable partners for other people and they are progressing in whatever area of their life they have needed assistance to where they have gotten therapy. Too many times we downplay what we do. We downplay the things that we have going on in life, but we need to celebrate the fact that we've taken the first step. We need to celebrate the fact that we made it through the therapy session and this time we only cried 20 times instead of 25 times. Or we need to celebrate the fact that we are not where we were when we initially started our therapy sessions We are not where we were as far as being angry, as far as being extra emotional or feeling overwhelmed or all over the place. We need to celebrate the fact that we are stronger than what we were. And I'm telling you, sis, just like you celebrate that new promotion and you celebrate that new car that you just bought, or you're celebrating the fact that you're getting ready to go on a vacation for two weeks where nobody can reach out to you, we need to learn to celebrate ourselves and we need to learn to celebrate each other, no matter how big or small the win may be. So with that being said, I hope that I was able to give you a little insight on some of the things that we should be doing when anxiety or depression is life because it's important. We are important. There are people that love us. We love ourselves. And I love you, sis. And I want you to be around so you can see your accomplishments. You can see your legacy and you can just enjoy life and live your life. Sis, thank you for listening to the She Speaks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media platforms with your family, friends, and coworkers. I would also love to hear how the show has impacted you in your life. Feel free to leave me a message via Anchor or follow me on Instagram at the She Speaks. Until next time, walk in who you are, adjust your crown, and stand tall, sis. We all have a story to tell and there's someone out there who needs to hear yours.